0: Welcome back, Sports to the Max. Joining us in the John Schuster Caldwell Banker Hotline, the other Maxie, Brad Maxwell, formerly the North Stars, and he makes a pretty good cabinet these days as well. Brad, thank you for joining us
1: tonight. No problem, Mike.
0: Uh, I, I hate to do it under these circumstances, but you lost a pretty good teammate and uh, Tom McCarthy today, someone that you played with someone that came up some of the North star fans recall with, uh, with mostly fondness although he had a complicated life. Uh, t- tell me about Mac. What was he like? Because he can he didn't just come onto the scene. He burst onto the scene.
1: Yes, he did. He was actually, you know, people that have been reading about this today and probably saw that he was drafted before Wayne Gretzky. Uh, and he was just a phenomenal player. And, uh, he came here he was so young and I can remember when he came here and uh you know, he got on uh, you know, got on the line with uh Broughton and Cicerelli and uh you know, they Mike, they were one of the best lines in the NHL in the you know, eighties, eighty 82.
0: Yeah. 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 What, what was Broughton like on that line?
1: Well, he was so quiet. Neil's such a quiet kid and stuff like that, but he's so talented and stuff like that. He just it all it all worked just perfectly for You know, like Tom McCarthy had some of the best hands with a stick. I mean, he could knock down pucks out of the air. And he just, he had that knack. And uh, he was just a very talented hockey player.
0: When he first came here, did you know, did you say this guy is going to be a 15-year, eight-time all-star? What did you say?
1: I don't know. You can just tell sometimes that he's going to be really good. You can't, you know, really go that far. But, I mean, he just, you could tell that Tommy Mack was going to be a really good player.
0: What was he like as a person at that time? Because he he got a lot at, at a young age.
1: Oh my God, he got he got a lot of stuff, and you know he was very young when he came in and stuff like that. But he was just Tommy never got mad at anybody. He was always jovial, and he always treated everybody. I can remember times that at the Met Center there were they had the the staff and stuff, the, the kids that looked after the uh, um, the the Zamboni and all that sure. kind of stuff. He was he was best friends with them. He just treated them like they were just, uh, they were his buddies.
0: Now, it's, he was living down in Mexico, and as near as we know, it was a heart condition that took him at age 61, huh?
1: Yes. He had uh, uh, aortic aneurysm, and uh, he was down in Mexico, and he was trying to open up a restaurant. He was about a week from opening up this restaurant. Uh, he'd been working on he's always been in the food business. You had Max fish and chips and, uh, he, you know, his family owned that. And then, but so he's always kind of been in the food part of it and stuff. So he was trying to open that up down there and didn't quite get there.
0: Has he been down in
1: Mexico for a while? I'm not sure how long he's been there. I mean, I just, uh, I was surprised that he was even there. I mean, yeah, with Tommy that, Mac but... you
0: never know where he's going to pop up. Let's be honest, Maxie.
1: Yeah. You don't, you don't know. I mean, he could be at one place and, I can remember sometimes we were going and he'd show up five minutes before the plane was going to leave, and it just <laughs> he, he he was just a, he was a prize, but he was a, he was a hell of a nice guy. Did he drive Louis nuts? Oh God, he did Louis. Why do you think Louis doesn't have any hair? <laughs> it was Tommy Mac, huh? I think it was. It was like well, probably more than Tommy Matt, but it was like yeah. he was one of the he was one of the instigators.
0: Now at that point in time, I mean, obviously we didn't have social media, but you know things were pretty well covered. We also didn't have a cable package where you know all eighty two games were on the air. It was you know it, it was rare that you'd catch the, the North Stars on the air during the regular season. It was just a different time. Uh, w- w- do you think that the players and, and he and you were, were better served at that time because it it wasn't as invasive? You didn't have to worry about somebody pulling out their phone and a camera uh, and all those things that go with it today?
1: Yeah, I think it is. And, you know, the the less uh, media that was there, I mean, we didn't have a lot. And, uh, you know, cell phones weren't involved and that kind of stuff. But, you know, I'm sure that like anything that if it had been back in there, we would have just had to be. A different way, just like the wild players now, you know, they, they behave themselves. They watch what they do and they take care of themselves.
0: Now, now Tom McCarthy had some issues later uh, after the North Stars in, in his hockey career. He, he did five years in prison for, uh, in essence, drug trafficking, driving, driving marijuana from California to, to Minnesota. And he got caught. Uh, what was that period of time like for you guys as friends? Were, were you shocked? Were you in touch with what was that like when you when you saw him go through that?
1: Yeah, we were all just shocked, you know, because, but, you know, like you said, and we talked about, you don't know where Tom's going. Yeah. And, you know, the thing, like Louis said, I heard him say earlier or something like that, that, you know, Tom did a lot of things that he, he probably thought were okay, but he probably shouldn't have done, you know, and, uh, he lived in, you know, he learned his lessons.
0: Yeah, But just pure talent. He had it, Tom. Huh?
1: Oh my God. He was just back. He was, uh, he, he had so much talent. I mean, to watch, uh, Broughton and Cicerelli and him play, uh, it was just, they were so good. And they, they were, you know, for me as a defenseman, it, it was easy. I just had to move the puck out of my zone and give it to them, and they were gone. <laughs> just kidding.
0: Make the pass, make sure they're not they're on sides and go, huh? That's it. Yeah. It was a more wide-open style then, too, wasn't it? It was a little bit more like the East is today, wasn't it?
1: Yeah, but, you know, if you look at, I, I watch the Wilder, I watch the NHL quite a bit and stuff like that, and I see games where I see where, you know, defensemen have so much more room. They go back in the end zone, pick up the puck, and they're they're skating around the net, and they're coming out, and they're making the play at the blue line. Uh, where back in our day, it was a little tighter. I mean, it was like you were getting run in the boards when you're going back to pick up the puck, and some of the rinks were smaller than others, and some were bigger, and it just depended on where you played. I mean, you played in Boston, you played in Chicago or Detroit. Those rinks were awful tiny, and it, you know there was you put all those bodies on the ice. There's not a lot of room.
0: What was Hartsburg like to play with?
1: He was, was great. He was such a talented person. and he, just, he was a leader. I mean, he just was a leader by choice, and he, uh, everybody, everybody followed uh, him all the time.
0: Now, I, I, I would be uh, remiss if I didn't ask you a couple hockey-related questions based on what the Wild are doing this year. When you look at Kirill Kaprizov, and uh, obviously he's captured the imagination of uh, this fan base for sure, but as a hockey player, what do you see?
1: He's incredible. I mean, it's like, I mean, it's, Max, it's like anything else. If you watch all the great players in sports, if you watch Gale Sayers and you watch Wayne Gretzky and you watch, you know, all the great baseball players and and hockey players uh, that played the game and stuff, it's like they could see the game, the play before it happened. I mean, they were like above, they were like a little ghost that was riding around 10 feet above and they could, Gretzky could always see, uh, you know, two minutes before the play was going to happen that it would happen, he'd be in the right spot.
0: And Kaprizov has that same feel.
1: He does. I mean, he just he he senses it. He's in the right spot. He moves so well, and he does everything good. I mean, the stick handling and the uh, the shooting and stuff. I mean, he has a phenomenal shot, and as everybody knows, but he's just a he's just a one. He, he's he's just come into his own, and uh, you know, he, he's just somebody that people are going to watch forever.
0: God bless uh, Willie Platt and Basil McRae, but we don't see the fisticuffs like it seemed like we used to see on an every-night basis. Is that good for hockey? How do you approach that?
1: I think it's good for hockey. I think the NHL are trying to steer away from that, Um, and I think that they're you know, I can remember back in our day at the Mets Center when a fight broke out, you had 18,000 people standing up cheering. Yeah. But I think, it's, I think it's changed a little bit now. Is I think the fan base is people are, that are going to games now, they're wearing suits. They're not wearing North Star jerseys and, you know, old blue jeans. And they, it's a kind of a different uh, different type of atmosphere.
0: Did, did, did you, do you have one fight that you remember, somebody you tangled with that stands out?
1: God, I've got you know, go on YouTube. There's a whole bunch of them, but it's like, not that I always wanted to be noted for a fighter, but it's uh, I had one one time with uh, Stan Jonathan from Boston. And he was uh, he was a tough little kid. I mean, his head was like a brick wall, and mm-hmm. uh, him and I had a really good tangle. And we had one. The other one I probably remember was with Tiger Williams at Met Center.
0: And, and what precipitated this? Was it something that happened between you, or did they go after one of your high end scores? What happened?
1: Well, the one with Tiger Williams in Minnesota, there was kind of a bench opening brawl and somehow he just felt the need that he had to hunt me down. And then, so I don't know what happened, but uh, I think I did pretty well. And uh, I know after the, uh, after the game was over, we both got kicked out. And so at Met center, you go up in the elevator, you go to the press box and he got, I get in the elevator and all of a sudden the door kind of opens and all of a sudden Tiger walks in and he goes, uh, oh, that's a really good fight, kid. He says, I've never been cut before. And you look at his face, and he looked like he'd been in a slaughter. So I just thought. Uh, so
0: after you fought him, you ended up in the same elevator having a conversation
1: with him? Yeah, while going up to the press box at uh, Met Center.
0: And you're just talking casually about the fact that you just were pummeling each other?
1: Yeah, that was it. You know, and it was like the it was over. And, you know, the game was over, and uh, it was all done. <laughs> those are some different times Maxie. yes they are and yeah. it's, uh, you know but uh, I would just like to match if I can' yeah. like I'd like to see if uh, you know Minnesota fans North Star fans would reach out there's a there's a Facebook page now with a GoFundMe thing to help Tom's family yeah and if I, they would reach out there because his family's not rich and Tom didn't have a lot so if uh, some of those fans that uh, really enjoyed watching Tommy play, We'll reach out and uh, help out a little bit. That'd be great.
0: And, and how many, uh, how big is his family?
1: His family is, uh, his father's gone. Uh, his brother, uh, Bill, is, uh, and they all still live in Minnesota. His mother and his sister uh, all live in Minnesota. Really? They stayed here? They stayed here, so.
0: Wow. Well, Brad, appreciate it very much. Hopefully we can talk during the playoffs at some point in time and break down a Wild Series, if you would.
1: That would be great. You can call me anytime you want. Appreciate you, sir. Thank you so much. Thanks, Mike.